Why am I trying to get myself to do all these things? Now, did I have the habits? Yes. Did I have the structure in place? Yes. Did my body still need to rest? Yes. And I think that that is leading me to a happier life and being okay with myself. Hey y'all, thanks so much for listening in today to the Confident Mompreneur Podcast, the podcast by real women for real women, where we talk about real life difficulties and triumphs as women, moms, business owners, and more. Thanks so much for being a part of our Confident Tribe. Let's get into it. Hey all, thanks so much for being here today. I just wanted to give you all a few quick updates before we get into today's episode. So first update, one of our biggest uh, supporters of the podcast, Nicole, has been kind enough to send me a new microphone. So that should help with some of our audio uh, quality issues so that you guys can hear me a little better because I know I got that on a few of the episodes that you can hear me very well. So thank you so much to Nicole for sending me the new microphone. I'm so excited. Um, second update, I know a lot of you guys have been following along with my court process on my sexual assault, so I just wanted to kind of let you all know how that ended up going. Um, we, my team and I, um, were asking the judge for a sentence of 22 to 25 years. He was found guilty on three felony counts of sexual assault. Um... Unfortunately, it did not go as we had hoped, and he only got six to eight years, um, including the time that he's already served, which has been 405 days in jail. So really, it's going to be about five years. Um, It's definitely not what I was hoping for. I was hoping for more time, as I'm sure many of you can understand, but I will say my case turned out better than a lot of these cases typically do. Most people don't even get it into court, and those who get it into court don't get a guilty verdict, and those who get a guilty verdict um, often don't even serve time at all. So I am lucky in the fact that he will be going to prison, though it's not for as long as I had hoped. I do hope that my story at least gives some people hope um, for other women who have gone through similar things that they can get, you know, at least some time in prison for the person who did that to them. So um, that's just a little bit of what has been going on in my life. Um, And so I will continue to work through it and push through it. I have some big things, you know, coming up in the future that um, will will be due in part to my experiences that I've gone through in this last year. So, you know, just watch out for those things that are going to be coming up here soon. I'm sure I'll be sharing more about them on my Instagram if you're not following me at The Confident Mompreneur. Um, and then the last thing is just a reminder, if you are interested in podcasting, 
I will be hosting my podcasting class on May 31st. I would love for you to come. All you have to do is DM me on Instagram and let me know that you're interested in that and I can get you set up with the link and everything to go along with it. So if you are interested in podcasting, hit me up. Um, I always love hearing from you guys with what you like, um, what podcasts have been interesting to you, what more you want to hear about. So don't be afraid to reach out to me. Anyways, with all of that said, we will get on to today's podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, I'd love to tell you about all the things that I've been struggling with and learning how to navigate over the last, I guess it'll be five years since my diagnosis. It sounds like we're going to have plenty to talk to talk about, so I'm excited. Um, do you want to start out by introducing yourself, a little bit about you, your family, and uh, what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Olson. I am a mom of four bo- busy boys. Um, I have been married for 15 and a half years and at age 33. So after I'd had all my babies, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD and so many things clicked into place. Um, habits that I had and just behaviors that had been a pattern in my life. And I recognized that a lot of those things were made difficult due to the fact that my brain worked in a different way than my husband's. And some of my kids' brains worked in the same way as mine. In fact, I received my ADHD diagnosis as we were diagnosing my oldest and Mm. he was in second, first grade, second grade. Um, Oh, it must've been first grade. So in 2019, I had an ablation, which is the cauterization of the inside of your uterus so that I would no longer be having uh, a menstrual flow or heavy bleeding. And after that experience, I thought, well, I'm not having a period, so things should be great all the time. (laughs) However, I noticed that things were still cycling in a way that patterned after my menstrual cycle, even though I didn't have the period portion of a menstrual cycle. And so I really started tuning into my body and recognizing um, the four different phases. Um, In maturation, we talk a lot about ovulation and menstruation. But after ovul, or excuse me, after menstruation, we have the follicular phase and that plays a huge role in our productivity and our mood and our appetite and goal setting. If you're looking at it from a business standpoint, and then we have ovulation and then we move into the luteal phase and the luteal phase is kind of like the dark side of the moon. Whereas the follicular phase is like a full moon. Um, you have a a withdrawal of hormones because your body's not producing that high estrogen. Your body's not producing that high amounts of testosterone or um, FSH, which is the follicle stimulating hormone. And those hormones really drive up energy, productivity, um, brainstorming. You are just like, go, go, go during that time. So in the luteal phase, when you no longer, when the, after ovulation, when the egg has been released in the luteal phase, you no longer have that high production of those hormones. Um, and 
your body starts to produce progesterone, which if your progesterone levels are higher than your estrogen levels, then you are usually pretty good and you're able to kind of move along with your life. However, there's a population of women who have what's um, called PMDD and it's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And that is often caused by low production of progesterone. So if your progesterone is lower than your estrogen levels and your body's producing a lot of the luteinizing hormone, which is what creates that super heavy lining to create a home for an egg to develop and grow Mm -hmm. and gestate, then you tend to have really bad PMS symptoms. And PMDD is like PMS on steroids. Um, It can affect your mental health excessively. Um, This is oftentimes when thoughts of self-loathing, possibly self-harm come into play. Um, Motivation that you had a week ago is pretty much gone. Um, It's exhausting. Your body is tired. And when you think of it, your body's running on an empty gas tank. And so expecting yourself to act in the same way that you did a week before when you had higher hormones, when you were able to just go, 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 pushing yourself to that level and holding yourself to that level of accountability is unreasonable. Um, Everything, everything cycles, water cycles, butterfly cycle, the economy cycles, nature cycles, the moon cycles. And we don't look at the moon when it's full and go, ew, that is just too much. Could you tone that down a little bit? And we don't look at the, the new moon. We don't look at the new moon and say, you know, I think it's broken. We should probably get rid of it. We should just toss the whole thing out the window. Like it's, it's gone. It's broken. And women cycle like the moon. So some days you are full and bright and exuberant. And I am in that phase where I am in my fullness, right? Like I'm in my follicular phase, ovulation, nearing ovulation. And so I have this energy. This is when I, this is when I schedule things. This is when I do podcasts. This is when I get photo shoots taken. This is family photo time. This is time when you can spend with those people who are maybe tend to have, um, opportunities to test your patients and to teach <laughs> you things. Um, this is a good time when you are ramping up your workouts, when you're ramping up a launch, when you're, or when you are launching, um, this is a good time. This is just go like thrusters go during this first half of your cycle. The second half of your cycle, it is a time to rest. Now in the winter, in the actual winter, when snow is falling, you don't ever look at your garden box and say, well, the tomatoes aren't growing. I wanted fresh salsa. Why aren't the tomatoes there? Like that is not a reasonable expectation. And our bodies need that time to have, our bodies need that downtime. Our bodies need time to rest to recalibrate, to take that opportunity and really tune into what's working, what's not working. What can I tweak here? What should I pay attention to? How can I adjust this? What what needs to be removed, cleaned out, thinned out, brought in? You know, I'm really enjoying this. So I think I'd like to work on that a little bit more. 
um, in the second half of your cycle opportunities for you to um, draw closer to those that you love, to cl draw closer to those that you trust. Um, that's a great time for that. And so scheduling that when you see, when you see a friend and you're so excited to see them, but maybe you're like, you know, there's a couple things that might be brought up or triggered and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you for so long. Let's go to lunch. Don't plan lunch for next week or even two weeks, because more likely than not, you're going to be in the second half of your cycle, your estrogen levels are going to run low. Estrogen's like your social lubricant. That's the thing that's going to just keep you like easy breezy things roll off your back. Now, let's say you go into that lunch with someone who might bring stuff up. There's a possibility you're not going to want to have lunch with them again. But if you plan it for three weeks out or a month out, so four weeks out, guess what? You're going to be the same person that you were when you saw them. You're going to have that high energy. You're going to have that high estrogen. You're going to be excited and happy and exuberant. That's who you want showing up, especially in tricky conversations. So I when we like think that's so funny to think about, cause you always get that like joke that you make plans, like, you know, two weeks in advance and then you get there and you're like coming up with all these excuses of why you can't go. <laughs> and it all makes so much sense. <laughs> it makes so much sense. And if you, if more people were just in tune with this, then you could book your calendar out for months mm -hmm. in advance and you would feel really excited about doing things when you need to do those. I was just going to say, I also like how you talked about like the expectations that we have around each of the different phases and how we wouldn't expect certain things from, you know, when it's winter versus it's summer and we should do the same for ourselves. And I think it's really hard because especially in the kind of capitalistic world that we live in now, we're expected to go hundred percent all of the time. And then we get frustrated when with ourselves when we have like this really great, really productive week. And then the next week we don't feel like doing anything. And it's like, but I had all of this energy and all of these things that I wanted to do. And now I'm not doing it. Like what's wrong with me? <laughs> I, so that's why I created my tracking sheet and my tracking sheet, um, is just bubbles that you can fill in. And so many people say, oh, I track on an app or I've got this. But I think there's a lot of power in looking at where your clusters are. So it's not asking you about your active bleed. It's asking you about what are you, what are your energy levels like? What are your cravings like? What how's your productivity? So those days where you have high productivity days, you're going to mark that whether it's like a smiley face or a, an X, or you can rate it, you know, one to five or one through 10. Um, I actually, for this month, I've been doing, um, four different symptoms and they have been mood and irritability, energy levels, my focus, which isn't even on there, but like, you can really take anything that you want. Um, and then days that I wanted and then days that I actually worked out. So some days I want to work out, but my focus is gone or I haven't already 
created a system that day. Like I didn't get on the app. I didn't sign up for the class or I didn't wake up early enough, or I let myself get distracted by something else. And then I missed a class or, you know, all, whatever it is. Um, but then I can look at the different clusters and see where it is. And I can schedule things out. For example, this, and I know I already said this, but like, I knew when you asked me if I wanted to speak on your podcast, I'm pretty sure I was, it was at a time where I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And I looked at the next two weeks and then I thought that is a really bad idea. So I rescheduled it for a time when I thought that I would be a little bit more energetic and kind. And my filter would be a little bit higher (laughs) because that's something the ADHD, the ADHD brain is just going so fast that stuff will fly out of your mouth before you even filter between here and here. No filter whatsoever, which can make us really great friends, or we can really help you develop, um, a, a good mirror for looking at yourself. That's true. That is true. Going back a little bit, you said that you and your son got diagnosed like at the same time, but obviously you're, you were a lot older than him when he got his diagnosis. And it's a bit different because he's boy, you're a girl. What was it like going through and getting that diagnosis? What were some of the things that they maybe looked for in you as a woman for the ADHD diagnosis? Because I know it presents a little bit differently sometimes between men and women. Absolutely. So when we hear ADHD, we often think of like a six-year-old little boy who's can't sit still in his seat. Um, One of the markers that we noticed with my son was that his kindergarten teacher said, you know, I've looked up a couple times and I can't find him in the room, but his shoes are under his seat and he's over looking at a friend's pencil sharpener or new watch or stuff like, so Mm -hmm. their little boys are usually busy, busy and all over the place. Whereas in girls, um, I think, um, some of the most common things that stuck out, well, I don't know if it's common, but some of, some of the most obvious things that I looking back on noticed was my inability to focus on what was being said. So a teacher who's talking, it just kind of turns into white noise, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if there's not a lot of inflection in the voice, if they're just talking about the things and this is math. And when we do this, it's this, and yes, that is a calming thing. Um, however, it's very soothing and your brain starts to get bored. And so it will look for things to do, whether that's twirling hair, stemming, um, rocking on a chair, um, or hyper-focusing into like, for me, one of the ones that, um, just, I laugh at these days because it was so blatantly obvious was that I noticed my teacher's belt. And it had this like swirly infinity type buckle. And one day she was wearing this outfit and the swirl went from up to down. But then the next week or whenever she wore it, it was flipped. The way that her belt end, the tail was on the other side. And so I was really, really confused is her belt on backwards? Does she know it's on backwards? Was it on backwards last time? And this is the right way to do it? Or was last time the right time? And this is the wrong way. 
So little things like that, or if a teacher missed a belt loop, that was a really big thing that I would just fixate on. So fixation um, is often with, you find in neuro, uh, excuse me, in neurodivergence. So whether that's ADHD or autism spectrum, whether it's super high functioning, I mean, that can go unnoticed in girls. Mm -hmm. Um, Daydreaming. Daydreaming is a way for ADHD brains to just keep itself entertained. It's not very conducive for an ADHD brain to be learning with facts, worksheet, black and white worksheets, and then, okay, do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of that in the nineties growing up. Um, there was, so daydreaming also messy rooms. Uh, if you have a daughter that has a very messy room, but she knows exactly where everything is, um, to the point where you go, okay, I know that I, what did I lose the other day? I lost something. It was important. It will come to me, but I knew that I had seen it somewhere. And my husband said, oh, it was my passport. Mm. It was my passport. And normally I keep my passport in, you know, the place where we keep all the passports and the birth certificates. And he said, your passport's not here. And I was like, okay, hang on. I can't, I can't find it right now. And he was kind of getting after me. Like, have you found it yet? Have you found it yet? And I said, no, I just haven't had time to like hold still and think. So I like ran my errands and did what I did. And I don't know exactly what I did, but then I came home and I closed my eyes and I thought, okay, I keep seeing it. I know what it looks like. I know where it is. I know it's on its side. I know it's not laying down. I know it's on its side. Hang on. Let me think. Where is it? And my brain was able to like photograph it, go back to exactly where it was. And I said to him, okay, I want you to go over to the cupboard to the left side of the pantry on the very far left side, middle shelf. And he opened it up and there it was. It was like, look at that. That's amazing. He goes, why couldn't you find it before? And I was like, I, I had to think I had to quiet out all the other things yeah. that were screaming at me. Um, that, and that really is what it feels like. So if, um, that brain space, <laughs> like if people are coming over and you freak out and you go, I have to clean my bathroom drawer right now, you might want to look into ADHD symptoms just consider the thought that maybe your brain works differently than someone who goes, I need to do the laundry. I'm going to do the laundry. I did the laundry. Ta-da. Figuring out like, okay, so what is actually happening? What is happening on a metabolic level that's causing me to stop moving forward, to stop being able to function, to stop, to, to be able to start Sometimes that's the biggest thing is just getting the momentum going. And once you have the momentum going, um, the hyperfixation. sometimes the hyperfixation takes over or just the fact that you're recognizing like, oh, I'm doing this. Look at this job I'm doing. That makes me happy. Can you see my accomplishment? Which, um, one of the funniest things about having ADHD is when you even think about accomplishing a task, for example, laundry. So you look at the laundry, you say, I'm going to do the laundry. And in your brain, because it's going so fast, it's like, this is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to feel like. This is what I'm going to do. And you, you imagine 
sorting the laundry, doing the laundry, folding the laundry, putting it away. And so your brain automatically, well, not automatically, but it goes through the process of, ta-da, I did the laundry. So then when you start to do the laundry, your brain art goes, well, we already did that, remember? And so there's no excitement or that ta-da moment because you already had that moment. So you have to trick your brain into thinking, okay, well, yes, you think we did that, but remember how this is my long-term goal or if you can have it stack or pair something entertaining with it so that your brain is getting that dopamine hit, like your favorite audiobook, or I'm not going to watch a show, my favorite show until I'm folding the laundry, or I'm not going to listen to a podcast until I am doing this task. So that can be um, a really good way to navigate the lack of task accomplishment <laughs> this the the lack of feeling of ta- task accomplishment you mm-hmm. might be doing things all day long and you think i didn't do anything because you're not getting that satisfaction and a lot of the jobs that uh we as women and oftentimes moms do are invisible right mm-hmm. like look there's toilet paper okay well that is actually being productive I remember uh, speaking with a productivity coach for the first time, and it was, it was before my ADHD diagnosis. It was, it was uh, when I, I think I only had two kids at the time, and I told her kind of what my day was like, and I told her that I don't feel productive at all because I'm just feeding the kids and I'm doing laundry and sometimes I go grocery shopping and mm-hmm. you know I go to the gym. And she said, "Do you know going grocery shopping is productive?" And I had never even considered the fact that grocery shopping was productive. So I don't know if now we just have a shift in mindset of like, look at all the things I'm producing, even though you're not producing an actual thing, right? Like just because it's not a company or just because it's not, um, driving a dollar, a quill or yeah, or it's not, or it's not bringing in income that is still productive you have a very productive life. Like if you're living, you are being probably being productive. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of disconnect between the brain and the motor skills. So like the executive functioning can be really hard. So that doesn't matter if you're writing a blog post, if you're needing to make a phone call, if you're wanting to schedule an interview, if you have to make a doctor's appointment, your brain needs to have that extrinsic reward of yay, look what I did, whether it's like saying to yourself, good job, I did the laundry or yay, I made my doctor's appointment um, instead of just expecting yourself to do it. So do you like, how do you typically organize your day to make sure that you're getting all of the things done that you need to do, but also like not working against this natural like, kind of tendencies in your brain do you do like a time blocking or what what kind of a system do you use so the system depends on where I am in my cycle so I kind of have four different systems for each different phase of my cycle or different half of my cycle it kind of depends if I'm being if I'm noticing a lot of difference between um energy and during the you know the first 
phase and the second phase, as opposed to like the first half and the second half. But for the most part, I front load my day. So I always wake up, take my medicine, get some caffeine in me because your body, um, actually ADHD bodies naturally have a shifted circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. So again, if you are having a hard time getting your daughter or yourself to wake up, and if she wished the world worked from 10 AM to 2 AM, you might want to look into ADHD symptoms. So I usually front load my day with, I get my meds, I get my caffeine so that my brain is going. And I have a very, um, routine routine and it doesn't involve, um, like quiet time and meditation and journaling, because that's really boring for my brain. Mm -hmm. And my brain usually needs something to like clear out the cobwebs first thing in the morning. So movement I highly recommend movement like first thing in the morning. So I wake up and I, even before I take my meds, I put on my workout clothes. I go into my bathroom. I put on my workout clothes. I brush my teeth and then I go out and I interact with my kids and I take my medicine and get my caffeine. And then I go to the gym or I go on a walk or I go sit outside in the sunshine, getting some, getting out of the house in the first two hours of your day is really good for helping your circadian rhythms. Um, whether you're going outside and journaling or you're just going on a walk, sometimes I garden, I've got some pots that I like to go out and water, hand water in the morning. And that gets me outside. Um, even when it's cold, that cold, um, exposure can help regulate your nervous system. So getting up, going, getting your body moving. And then in the mornings, I usually try and get as much really grunty work in. So whether that's like emails or podcast interviews or scheduling content or working on content, or let's say I'm in my fall or winter and I'm not doing a lot of interacting with people, phone calls, that's when I can send emails. That's when I can, um, I like to quilt. Mm -hmm. I sew. So I do a lot of my hobbies during that time. Sometimes after my workout, um, I will go and I will do my journaling Bible time. You know, I like to do, um, some type of inspirational thing in my winter. So in your winter, your highest intuition is in play because you're really going in, you're really, um, taking just a lot of deep at that time. Whereas in the first half of your cycle, it's, you're more out outwardly, mm -hmm you're more extroverted. Whereas the second half of your cycle, you're introverted. So save your introverted hobbies and schedule for the second half of your cycle. And then, um, making sure that you get food is really, really important. Your body needs food. Um, your brain doesn't work without carbohydrates and your body doesn't run without protein and you also need healthy fats. So I'm not a macros counter. I don't like count anything or look at anything, but I really try and feed my body real food. Um, I usually try and get it in before noon. Um, sometimes I kind of do like a brunch type thing. Like I will, um, get like a protein bar in the morning, but then I will also usually have some type of lunch. Um, prioritizing protein is a really good way to keep your ADHD brain happy. Mm -hmm. It just needs protein. 
Um, and then when my kids get home from school, um, oh, like two, two noon to like before the kids get out of school, that's kind of a slush time that I give myself a little bit of a breather, whether I like paint my nails or I'll hang out with a friend or go to lunch or do something kind of for me, Mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily like, okay, make sure you get it in, make sure you do this. It's just a little bit of a breather time. So I like to get Yeah. I like to get my work done in the morning and then afternoon, maybe that's when I'll do laundry or that's when I'll do chores that are a little bit, um, more menial. And then once the kids get home from school, I try to be really present with them. Like, how's your day? I always go up to my boys and I say, I'm so glad you're here. And I give them a big hug and they are, they love the hugs and I love the hugs. And then that way we can connect a little bit more. Actually, first thing I always say is, did you wash your hands? <laughs> so in the afternoons, I usually try and be pretty present for them. Sometimes, um, I will take the time to work on days when I have help, extra help. Um, I've got, uh, I have a sitter come in a couple times during the week just so that I can like catch up on things. Or sometimes I'm just completely depleted by that time, especially when I'm like in my fall and winter and I'm just shot. And so I will go in my office kind of retreat and do whether it's quilting or, okay, I'm doing that. I don't know. Anyway. So it is a little bit of a time block. Um, in fact, when I work with my clients, we completely flip the whole AM to PM schedule and we time block your life in a way that works on your own 24 hour cycle. So my 24 hour cycle starts at 2 PM. So if I work out in the morning, but I, um, then like I've checked it off for the day. Right. But Mm -hmm. if I don't work out between the hours of 7 AM and 11 AM, I'm just going to let that one go. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I'm not going to say, oh, well, maybe I'll get a workout in at like three, right, right when the kids get home, or maybe I'll go to a like late night class, or what if I try and get this in, or maybe I'll go for a walk or something like that is exhausting. That adds so much extra tension and pressure. And so the way that I have everything time blocked out is I'll get it the next 24 hour cycle. And so when I zoom out onto a month lens, and you're, when I say month, I'm talking about like your actual cycle, like how long your cycle is. So, mm-hmm. um, whether that's four weeks, whether that's 27 days or 28 days or 30 days as a whole, are you getting more days where you do than where you don't? And if I am getting more than where I do, that's successful. That's maintenance. That's, that is what I want to be living. But if there are days where I am like, in the morning, I'll walk you through a day that I had last, uh, last week when I wasn't feeling awesome. I woke up, I put on my workout clothes. I got my meds, I got my caffeine and I was so tired and I was feeling very emotional and I was feeling very turbulent inside in my brain, just everything, my body. And I kept thinking, just go get a workout, just go get a workout. But I couldn't get myself to go show up to the class that I wanted to go to. I felt a lot of self-doubt. I felt a lot of, um, just insecurities and social anxiety. And so I journaled and then I called a friend and I talked to a friend like for hours 
And was it productive? No. Did I get a workout? No. Did she tell me to eat? Yes. Did I eat? Yes. Had I forgotten? Yes. And then did my kids get home from school? And I was like, well, shoot, it's over. Okay. I guess I didn't get it. Yeah, I did. And I felt a little guilty, but then I thought, oh yeah, I'm in my winter. Why am I trying to get myself to do all these things? Now, did I have the habits? Yes. Did I have the structure in place? Yes. Did my body still need to rest? Yes. And I think that that is leading me to a happier life and being okay with myself. I think that has been really, really big. So what did I do today? Knowing that I was going to have a high energy day, I went to a high fit class. It was great. I had a great time. And then I came home and I showered and I have makeup on and I got ready and I'm like, okay, let's go. And I'm a completely different person this week today than I was last, last week. Like, in fact, I put my energy levels and it was like one to 10. I had a four. Four is like first trimester pregnancy, you know, mm-hmm. where you're like, Ugh, okay. I made you move on the couch. Yeah. And so if we're expecting ourselves to just be at a 10 every single day, that is not sustainable. There is ebb and flow in everything. So back to your original question. See, I can circle back to it. I do time block, but it's not your typical 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., two hours at a time, three hours at a time, you know, time block. Mm-hmm. It's a very fluid, personal type of time block because that's how your brain works in a very personal, unique way. Mm-hmm. So let's time block in a way that works for you. Let's figure out how you show up in your cycle. Some women get really ragey during ovulation. That extra shot of testosterone really, really triggers. Um, and then some women during ovulation are like, I got this. It's amazing. So it's totally dependent on each person. Do you find that like your ADHD maybe enhances some of the parts of your cycle? Yes. Yes. So, um, usually people with ADHD are pretty well, and it depends on if they're introverted or extroverted, right? But a lot of people that you see um, are extremely dynamic and really like extroverted and super happy and the pendulum swings, right? So if it swings really far over to the happy side, it probably also swings over to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And so that is just horm- how your hormones go. So if you're getting these high highs, then you're probably also getting low lows. Um, and so when you are producing dopamine and when you are in a good space, you're, you're great. And you're, you're really great, but when you're not, you're really not. And it can be really dark and really lonely and it can be kind of scary sometimes, which is why I feel passionate about talking about it. I don't think I'm a very negative person. I don't think I come off as like a real Debbie downer, but there are days when I feel like ending my life. And I know that those are the days where I go, okay hang on. Where are you? Oh yeah, that's right. You're in your fall. You need estrogen to produce dopamine. And if you're not getting that, then you're not going to feel good. So what can you do? Go get in your bed. Don't do anything drastic. Don't cut your hair. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt your kids. Don't call someone you trust 
help. Call me if you need to. Like, call the help helpline if you need to. Journal, write it out. Talk about talk about what's going on. Oftentimes, when we say the words out loud, it doesn't hold as much power as it does in our heads. It feels so big. It's like a balloon just growing and growing and growing. And there's so much pressure. And then when you say it out loud, like today's a really hard day, it just alleviates the pressure. Or if you mm-hmm. call someone that you truly love, um, for me being open, really open and vulnerable with my husband, like he's my husband. He loves me more than anyone in the world. And when I'm open and vulnerable to him and he knows how I'm feeling, guess what? he is able to give me love. And he's like, that's okay. You don't, let's get takeout or you don't have to make dinner. We can have cereal tonight for dinner. Like he's human too. He knows what it feels like to have a bad day. And so sometimes we, as women will put on this front, like, it's fine. I'm fine. I'll just push through. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sister, you are, you are riding the fast train to burnout. Mm -hmm. And that is so please listen to your body and please open up to those that you trust. And the more you open up, could you get hurt and rejected? Absolutely. Would that hurt? Absolutely. But chances are people are good. And the people that love you truly love you and they want what's best for you. So be open and vulnerable with them. Tell them your dream. Tell them, I'm so sad. I'm frustrated that I had this planned and I didn't do it. Well, okay. But does that make you a bad person? Like if I told you that I have multiple failed retreats, I have multiple failed workshops and I like spent thousands of dollars on dance parties that didn't make me any money. Would you say, well, it's broken. You better throw it out. No, you wouldn't. You would say, okay, what did we learn from this? <laughs> or keep it neutral, right? Like, yep, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if we can't even go to the positive, just stay neutral. I do love that you said that though. It reminds me of Brene Brown and how she talks about telling our stories and how that dissipates the shame, you know, in them just by voicing it out loud. So how have you communicated with your husband, with your kids and stuff about your ADHD, your cycles and those types of things? And like, how do they help support you in working through all of that? So I'm very open with all of it. It's actually really adorable. I just did a real, I'm going to start a new series and I want, I want community participation from this because I thought it was so funny. I caught myself in this moment. Um, I had just brushed out my eyebrows and I looked down and I saw my husband's razor and I thought I should shave my eyebrows. And I went, Whoa, intrusive <laughs> thoughts for the women. That is a terrible idea. Do not do that. And I was laughing so hard. I went out and I told my kids and my son who has ADHD said to me, mom, that doesn't sound like an ADHD thought. That sounds like an ADHD idiot thought. And I was like, okay, well, that's not nice. (laughs) And my kids know when I tell them, Hey guys, I don't have a lot of patience today. Can, can we like keep it low key? Can you find a friend? Can you play outside? Can you guys please not fight with each other? I mean, four boys, like fights break out. 
I mean, kids break out with anyone, but, or that's another ADHD thing is that you like put your words on top of your words and it's not the right thing at all. (laughs) Anyway, um, just hashtag ADHD memes. You'll (laughs) a great rabbit hole. Anyway. So I am very open with them and like telling them, Hey guys, I just don't feel nice today. Or I don't have a lot of patience and it's not, I don't put the responsibility on them to not be kids because they're kids. But when I do respond in a way that I feel like I need to apologize, I will completely look them in the eye and say, okay, that wasn't very nice. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that way. And that really made me mad. And they're like, yeah, I know I could have not put my muddy socks on the kitchen table. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Please don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And with my husband, um, we've, we've just had a lot more deep conversations where I will speak my process. I tell him, okay, you asked me why I spent so much. And I immediately thought, well, I wanted this because I thought I liked it, but then I realized that it actually just made me feel better because I was shopping. And then I thought, wow, I really suck because I had to fill a need that actually isn't real. And then I thought, well, you're stupid. And so now I think you hate me. The rabbit hole that you go down. Yeah. It's completely a circle the drain. And when you say it, you know, he might just say, okay, I was just asking what the store was, right? Like giving them an opportunity to hear where you are and what's going on in your mind without any shame, right? There's no shame in how your brain's working. There's shame when we think our brain is working poorly or bad or wrong or, you know, evil or you're naughty or something, right? Like, okay. So say it, is it actually that way? So anyway, yes. And kind of voicing it makes you, you think through it yourself. Like, oh, I see how I went down that, but I also see where like, he wasn't even (laughs) me about any of that. (laughs) And I put this all on myself. (laughs) You put, you're more likely than not, you're putting it on yourself And you're creating this internal tension and pressure that's stopping you. Of course, you're, you can't move forward. You can't breathe. You think you're just, your head's in a vice and your chest is in a vice and your throat's tight and your shoulder's tight. Like take a deep breath, let it go. Just let it go and let it be what it is. Mm -hmm. It's probably not going to hurt you. Like what is the worst thing that could happen? Well, that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good direction to go too. So with the business side of things, I feel like especially as women, we already have this issue, but especially with ADHD, it's like, how do you convince yourself to move forward with something that like you're excited about? Cause then it's like, you get excited and there's all this build up, and then it's really hard to actually like get there. And then on yeah. the flip side of things, once you're in something you're doing well at it sometimes your brain can get bored and then it's like causes issues for you on the other side so how do you manage that oh I'm the queen of this (laughs) 
I have multiple t-shirts that I've launched or well, I have a t-shirt and then I have a sweatshirt that I've launched. I've done workshops that I've launched. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know if I actually want to do this. So then I don't market myself. Um, I have my tracking sheet that I've that I put out there and it's a free download. So you should go download it because it's free and Perfect. it's cool. something for you to like notice really just notice what's going on. And then I also have my cycle guides, right? Like I've got these incredible 19 page per season and I don't ever talk about them. I don't market, I don't market myself. Like right now talking about this is probably more marketing than I've done for myself in a while. And I am very uncomfortable with this, but I'm just, we're taking, shame, we're taking the shame out of it. And I'm letting you know, what can I do to keep doing this? Well, first of all, I know I can schedule things for my spring and summer, right? Like, and if you're not quite sure what spring and summer is, like you've got to go listen to my podcast on all the seasons and just, you need to go dive into how I correlate each season of your cycle with a season of the year. So spring, summer, winter, fall. And then you've got to have an accountability partner. You've got to have someone who is, who knows your long-term goals, who knows where you're going. And even if it's you as your own accountability partner, kind of like splitting yourself up going, okay, this is my logical brain. This is where I want to go versus this is my emotional brain. I don't know if people are going to like it. I think this was dumb. This was probably a bad idea. I don't know. Should I do this? Should I keep doing this? No one said anything. Do they really want to be here? Maybe they don't like it. Maybe I'm a terrible person. Maybe I should just go dig in a hole and never show up ever again, right? Like, okay, let's look at this. Maybe people don't know about it. Maybe you haven't talked about it with confidence. Maybe rejection sensitivity dysphoria is in play, which that's a, a whole separate topic that's really important. If you feel like you have ADHD, I highly, highly recommend researching a little bit more about rejection sensitivity dysphoria because something that's small, whereas like you invite someone over and they say, oh, sorry, I can't make it the rejection sensitivity spirals and like, oh no, what did I do? Did I say something wrong? Was there a problem? Am I a terrible person? Should I never talk to anyone again? A normal person with a neurotypical brain, I don't want to say normal, but a neurotypical brain will go, oh, they can't come. Darn it. And just leave it at that. So when you're having these things that are, you're excited about, you want to keep doing, you've got to zoom out on the big picture. You have to have big picture and have that side of your brain or a friend or accountability partner or a coach or a mentor or me or you, someone saying, okay, but what can you do? And are you really wanting to keep doing this? And sometimes the days say, no, I don't want to do this. Okay, great. Don't do it today, but keep going. Don't stop. And be okay with making more crap, really. Like your first bit of stuff is probably not going to be that great. Mm -hmm. It'll get better. It will refine over time. You'll get more confident. You'll gain more appreciation for it. Um, I recently just saw the like self-confidence cycle and I can't even tell you what all of it was, but basically like if you do it, 
then you'll get better at it. And when you get better at it, you do it more and then you keep getting better and you do it more and then you feel really good about it. So, you know, if you want to be good at basketball, play basketball. If you want to be an awesome life coach, life coach people. If you want to be a great speaker, speak. I made my podcast for free by myself. No one asked me to do it. Actually, that's not true. I did have two friends that were like, you should do a podcast. And I thought, that's actually a really good idea. No way, I'm not doing that. And then one day when I had a lot of energy, I just did it and I put it out there and I probably could have launched it better, but I didn't care because it was already out there. Same. (laughs) Do it. Who says you can? Yeah. The mean voice inside of you, question that. Maybe that mean voice is also telling you to shave your eyebrows. Bad (laughs) idea. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, so on the flip side of that, once you start doing something and you're like getting really good at it, it's becoming normal for you. You said you have that brain that kind of just switches where it becomes white noise and then your brain starts focusing on other things. How do you deal with that and not like lose track of maybe the things that you have already done and the progressions that you've already made on something? Well, I don't feel qualified to answer that because I'm pretty (laughs) sure that is me. Um, But in an ideal world, I would say, zoom out. You've got to have a five-year plan. You've got to have a one-year plan. You've got to have a six-month plan. You've got to have, you know, uh, you you just have to back up. You've got to keep backing up. You've got to keep like, okay, so if in five years I want to be on a book tour, then how do I need to sell that many books in order to qualify? Or do I need to talk to an HR or not HR, a PR agent or, you know, like, okay, big goal, then pull it back halfway. Okay. Two and a half years. Okay. Then pull it back. Okay. A year from now, pull it back six, nine months from now, like take all these steps back. And then when you envision who you want to be, in that five-year goal or 10-year goal or whatever it is, how would you act if you were that person today? Would you get up and go to work out? Would you make the call and make an appointment to get the correct medications? Would you stop buying whatever it is that's keeping you from doing that? Would you invest in the coach? Would you invest in the worksheet? Would you invest in the gym membership? Would you invest in taking time out of your schedule and planning to actually clean out your room or throw that away or detach from that relationship? Whatever, whatever that relationship is, maybe that relationship is with ice cream. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, that was one thing that I realized um, at one point. Wow. When I eat a giant bowl of ice cream, at 9 p.m., first of all, I have the craziest, most horrifying dreams. Secondly, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I put on X amount of pounds in X amount of weeks and I wasn't okay with that. And it wasn't about looking a certain way or it was more about feeling a certain way. So whatever you want to feel like in five years, whatever you want to feel like in six months, whatever you want to feel like tomorrow, do that thing that you want to do 
now because mm-hmm. no one is actually stopping you yeah I feel mm-hmm. like it it goes back to like the laundry analogy that we had earlier it's like have that big picture thing but also have those small goals along the way that you're actually like you know getting yourself there and celebrating once you do get there giving yourself some sort of a reward or something to keep your brain focusing on that next step instead of going all different directions oh, for sure. <laughs> I can guarantee I will listen to this podcast and be like wow I want to be her okay <laughs> that is me I have actually listened to my own podcast and my own posts sometimes and been like wow I do not feel like her today but I want to (laughs) you'll be back she'll be back that's what my sweatshirts say on the back they're like she'll be back oh I love it because it's so real yeah really I agree well do you have any final tips tricks tools anything like that to do with ADHD our cycle just being better women um I really I would not have spent the time or money investing in creating my cycle guides if I didn't think there was huge value behind them. Um, If I told you that for less than 40 bucks, you could be super happy with yourself. uh, I think that that would be a great thing for you to do. I know that that's here. I am pitching myself because I can today. I won't be able to next week, but (laughs) Educate yourself, educate yourself on how you show up in the four different seasons of your cycle, educate yourself on why you're uncomfortable with that version of yourself or why you want to be that version of yourself. Like it's, it's a lot of introspective work, um, that creates a lot of impact on your external life. Mm-hmm. And that's really the best way that you can change anything. Like, I think that I was just groomed to do all of this by watching The Biggest Loser every time I was pregnant. And like, every time they would lose weight, I was putting on weight and I was like, yeah, I'm putting it on. And then I always lost it because I knew that it was, go- it was first of all, it was possible. And secondly, there it was a mental game. It was always the mental shift that you saw in the participants that made the the biggest difference. It wasn't the physical the physicality of the workouts. It was the mental game. So if you know your brain is lying to you and you're playing this mental game, that's like the loophole where you go, oh, I nope, I don't have to listen to you. Nope, that's actually not true. That's mm-hmm. not real. Yeah. And I think just getting to know like how each of our own brains work, cause they all work differently anyway, but especially if you're no neurodivergent in some way, like knowing how it works and then working with it instead of against it. And same with our cycles too. It's always working with our bodies instead of against it and not being so hard on ourselves when we're in those slower phases of life. <laughs> And it doesn't always have to be, I mean, that's, that's another podcast. Like, let's talk about it being just different, maybe not lower. It might not be high productivity, but are you sure it's not highly productive for you to really dig in and learn about yourself and maybe heal some deep parts of yourself that you've been really ashamed about? That sounds pretty productive. 
Because then all of a sudden, when you realize that you've healed that portion of whatever wound that you have, you can then go in and say, okay, body, I know we're uncomfortable, but we're actually really safe. So I can talk about this or I can share this. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for being here with us. We really appreciate it. So where do we find you and all of the things um, you said we can get that free worksheet and then you've got your phases. Um, tell us where to find all of the things. Okay. So everything is on my website and an, an easy way to get to my website is on Instagram. Um, find me at with Elizabeth O. Um, my podcast is called I Can Do Today. Uh, my website is called rockthemomjeans.com. And that would be the epitome of like multi-passionate uh, projects. <laughs> I'm trying to get everything all into one place right now, but really the best way to get to it, because I usually have it linked fairly successfully, is um, at with Elizabeth O on Instagram. Okay. Perfect. Well, we will go and find you there. Thank you again so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you love this episode, please let us know by submitting a review or sharing with the women in your life. We'll see you next time.